The Selfish Path to Romance. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com. And this is from a Time Magazine article, The Real Truth About Teens and Sex, and it's by Sabrina Wheel, who was an editor at Seventeen Magazine, so she's had the advantage of having spoken with thousands of teenagers. And she also interviewed hundreds of teens, um, excuse me, teens in partnership with the National Campaign to Prevent Teen Pregnancy. And this is what she reports. She says that parents have this view that all their kids are out there having sex parties and just messing around, and some of them are. Some of them are, but a lot of them are not. However, something else is going on in in this culture, in this generation, which is dangerous, and that's that kids are not valuing sex the way we used to. It's so free. It's so rampant you can get on the internet and kids can go to porn sites and they do this they can do this in school even kids can they learn terms such as oh we're just hooking up or we're just having friends with benefits and that's scary and that's scary stuff because they're mis- they they will not know how to distinguish friends with benefits from true intimacy if they just use their bodies promiscuously use their sex you know have a very promiscuous sex life then they won't know how to form a real solid bond with one person so what to do what do you do if you're a parent and you're worried about your son who you find he's been on the internet or your daughter who's been on the internet looking at porn sites Or what do you do? Most parents just say, I don't need to teach my kids anymore because, you know, it's everywhere. They're taught about sex in school. They're taught about sex on the Internet. They're taught about sex from their friends or sitcoms. You name it. It's all over the place. Well, this author says, Sabrina Whale says, that that's a lot of misinformation. The kids get a lot of misinformation out there and that, Parents can have a, assuming your values are good as parents, parents can have a tremendous influence on their kids, even when their kids pretend they're not listening, even when their kids do what I said earlier, they throw up their hands and they say, okay, whatever, ma, dad, they're listening. And even if they have long silences, put up with their long silences. And you don't want to go on the attack. You don't want to lecture. You want to listen to your kids. What do you know about sex? I want to know your thoughts on abortion. Or I want to know your thoughts on taking precautions or having sex early. And sit and listen to your kids. Be careful. Parents will always want to throw in their two cents. And you do need to set the norms. But you don't do it by lecturing. And you don't do it by, well, this is what I'd suggest in that type of a tone because that comes across as lecturing. You want to show respect and caring. Well, what are your concerns, honey? Well, I'm worried I'll get pregnant if I have sex early and then what would happen? Well, then I'd have to support a child and I still want to go to school. I still want to have a career and I don't want to have a kid at this young age. And So you help your kids see inductively that why it's bad to have sex, promiscuous sex at such a young age, 14, 15, 16, and if they are having sex, how to take the precautions. If you can't stop them, then you definitely want them to, to take rational action to uh, to play it safe, uh, not to get diseases or to deal with an unwanted pregnancy. Okay, now switching to a different topic. This is an email that I mentioned earlier from Derek, and Derek is a young kid. I don't know how young his English was broken. I cleaned it up a little bit. My name is Derek, and I'm from California, and I have a problem. I watched the September 11th, 2001 documentary, and it made me scared of life. 
Then my mom helped me feel better, and now I'm scared of growing up. Is there a way for me to feel better? Please answer my email, and thank you for reading it. From Derek. P.S. Does making friends help me feel better? <laughs> and I would say yes. Helping, go Making good friends will always help you feel better. Uh, but here's what happens. We, I dealt with many abused children, and many of them were exposed to not only the horror stories in their personal lives, but to horror movies, and they were traumatized by them. Watching September 11th documentary, for a young kid to watch that, they don't have the context to put that in. And it is scary, and it is factual, so it's additionally scary. But it's not the norm in life. If that were the norm in life, we wouldn't make such a big deal of it. It is a horror. It's, it's like a horror movie, but a real-life horror movie. So what happens when a young kid sees that movie in vivid, bloody detail, the horror, the pointless destruction? Uh, what happens is a kid will question, like any of us would, would question, his deepest assumptions about the world and about other people. Questions come to his mind. Can this happen to me? Can somebody, can I feel like I'm happy-go-lucky and somebody suddenly pull the, the rug out from under me or kill me or hurt me? Can I trust other people? Should I always be looking over my shoulder? Should I stay at home to be safe? Am I even safe at home? Could the terrorists come in here? Now, this is ex precisely the result that the terrorists wanted to achieve, and I hope you don't let them do it, Derek. You see, the, the terrorists are really thugs. They're very bad people, and they're not the norm in life. Most people are very good, or they're a mix, but they'll never be that bad. They're thugs who concocted the September 11th attacks, on, and they wanted to scare the whole world. They wanted everyone to feel just as you do, afraid of people, afraid of the world. Don't let them ever win. Don't let them win. You want to go out there and make friends. You want to see that there are a lot better people in the world, including adults. And you want to learn firsthand that the good guys outnumber the bad guys. We are much smarter and much more rational than them. And we have a right to self-defense. If they attack us, we have a right to attack them, to jail them, and to kill them. The most evil ones we have a right to kill. So what what can you do at this point? You need to remind yourself of all the healthy people in the world. You need to remind yourself of the good ones, the ones who built the buildings or designed computers or made the the airplane that you enjoy flying on or made a light bulb or the your sports heroes or the doctors who've learned how to cure diseases. Read, listen to better documentaries if you want to listen to documentaries and also learn that ideas matter, that you would never want to hurt good people and that you do have a right to self-defense rather than just cowering with these very bad people. So ideas matter, your life matters, your happiness matters, make the good friends and realize that if, if you may even want to go into law enforcement or into the military someday to fight these bad guys and to show yourself firsthand that that the good guys can win. You don't have to. You can also pursue your own rational goals, but you always have a right to self-defense. And here's a little more from Dr. Kenner. And those bloody English cricket players threw me out of their club like a dog. I never complained. On the contrary, I vowed that I will never play again. Who suffered? Me. But I don't want Jessie to suffer. I don't want her to make the same mistakes that her father made of accepting life, accepting situations. I want her to fight and I want her to win. 
And that's from Bend It Like Beckham, a fabulous movie, a great movie to watch with your kids, too. It gives you that motivation not just to give in if you, in quotes, fail, if you fail at a sport or if you fail in a particular career or something. You want to be able to fight for your values, to fight for your own happiness, to fight for your personal goals, to do it rationally, of course, but never to be passive and just have what kids say a lot of times nowadays, whatever whatever. And it's just that passivity. You don't want to have that approach towards your own life. For more Dr. Kenner podcast, go to drkenner.com and please listen to this ad. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path of Romance by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner. A romantic partner to avoid is someone who tries to fake their self-esteem by using defense values. People may use values that they possess or aspire to as substitutes for genuine self-esteem and to cover up self-doubt. Examples are money, looks, intelligence, popularity, fancy clothes, expensive cars, large homes in wealthy neighborhoods, social status, and sexual conquest. Not all these values are necessarily irrational. The problem is that they are held compulsively and even desperately. An expensive car can give you pleasure, but not if you just want to own it to show off. You are still the same person with or without the car. Whether others approve of you or not does not change who you are. You can download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and you can buy the book at amazon.com.